Suzuki Roshi, the uh, Zen master, said if you if you want to be a circle, first you have to be a square. One um, of lovely enigmatic poetic Zen statements, but it's about structure and dynamics. You start with a structure, that's your square, pretty simple, clean lines, da da da. And you start to put a dynamic in it within that, that the energy of the dynamic is contained by the structure, stops it just leaking out, flowing around, and then the dynamic gradually settles with that, begins to form, round out that structure to something more holistic, complete, less contrived and conventional. And yet it retains a sense of coherence, retains a sense of boundary. Things that structures do well, they do boundaries very well. They do form very well. They don't necessarily always completely allow the dynamic to massage the structure into a living shape. And uh, the reminder is that if you, you as you're working within structure, various levels of structure actually, it's too tight. Your dynamic can't can't move. If it's too loose, your dynamic gets lost. It's got nothing to work against. It easily spins out. If again, if one's energy isn't there in the structure, the structure is something you just feel appalled by, <laughs> or distasteful for, or recoil from, then you can't breathe into it. Yeah. So your, your energy is held back, and is not able to really enter into, expand within the structure. And these are all definite possibilities of any structure. You can feel too tight, you can feel you don't get it, or you feel structure is not that important, or you feel unwilling to enter structure. It seems too square. Uh, well, you know, so this reminder is just, yeah, understand all that, uh, and need to enter, create the vihara, the entry place, abide it enter. And so, of course, we have retreat structure, forest refuge structure with its lines and boundaries and do's and don'ts. We have a retreat format with its boundaries and lines and protocols to keep things clean, keep things so that least negotiation, least doubt, there to just ward off you know, unconscious, leaking out, interfering, confusing each other. You know, so there's a certain clean line to it. And we operate within this situation. We look for those just simple, clean lines so you can set the room up and then at the end of the day, clean it out, finished. Have the meal, end of the meal, clean up, finished. 
as least waste as possible and recognizing the need to set it up to enter it, to use it, to clean it so it stays fresh same thing with your rooms and of course, you know the routines that you want to begin to form within that your own personal structure of the day how many elements you want to put into it you have an exercise mode or a you know, meditation mode, I imagine most, most of it's contemplative. It's going to be an exercise time, just a cleaning the body of time, refreshing time, resting time, and so forth. Maybe a little bit of recreation. Go out for a walk, freshen up, loosen up, loosen up, make it livable, enter into it. So you enter into it, again, that fresh willingness. Structure is important. The externals, they have their value and their importance. We take it another level deeper and come back to the structure of the body, physicality of it, using that. So we can get to that very simple sense of the external body, which is fundamentally got the, the upright, the frame, shoulders, the limbs, hips, legs, back, head. And you can just practice with that. Is it all there? Is it all lined up? Are some parts of it missing? (laughs) You know, the head's off somewhere, the hands are. Don't even know where the hands are. Without getting too uh, tight about it all, just carefully creating, placing body structure. Now you sit, and that changes when you walk, when you stand, when you recline. Similar structure, same structure, but the dynamic within it changes. Sitting, the dynamic is primarily breathing. That's the dynamic within that. Walking, it's the movement of energy from the legs to the hips to the shoulders. This gentle rotation of the body, turning of the pelvis, turning of the pelvis and the shoulder, that initiates the movement. So if you really contemplate just the external aspects of walking which seemingly uh, get lost I've been on retreats where people did not know how to walk they knew how to march you know get get to the subway they didn't actually know how to walk fluidly because it's always the eyes walk the eyes are directed and the body runs along behind it. And you say, well, actually, what, what happens when you walk? Get interested in, the, in that external aspect of it. Okay, how does it happen? You know, body shifts weight to one leg, say the right leg. You feel the weight coming down that right leg, it's strong. Left, and the hip turns to the left. So the left side turns back, the turning of the pelvis, 
which begins with the left side turning back, pelvis and shoulder turn back, that draws the left leg off the ground, the left leg which is then light, empty, can be moved forward from the hip, as it does so the pelvis follows it, foot hands on the ground, weight shifts, foot plays very, just the, the ending of the process is in the foot, the beginning of it is in the lower back, in the pelvis, that's where it begins. So, coming to your right leg, your left side of your pelvis comes back, left shoulder comes back, that lifts the left leg, then from the hip, the leg is moved forward, it's still very light and empty. As it comes down, awareness comes down, the leg into the foot, so it's ready to touch the ground. A gentle moment when touching the ground, because... <laughs> You know, if you're not walking on a flat pavement, flat sidewalk somewhere, foot needs to know if that territory is steady, firm. So there's something sensitive about the foot, particularly if you're barefoot, touching the ground, then it's okay, and then the weight comes onto it. The foot then absorbs the weight of the body pressing down. That pressing down is a, like the spring is coiled. That signal, steady, causes an energy to rise up the other side. So this movement, that contemplating that swing of movement, staying with that rhythmic swing of energy and intelligence that negotiates walking. There's a meditation, there's, there's a structure, a living dynamic structure, you know, or a dynamic occurring within a structure that you can just get your attention to rest upon. Because it is natural, because it's not something you have to make happen, it happens by itself, the body knows very well how to walk. And as you tune into it and absorb it, it's got a calming, steadying, Quality is given. You don't have to force energy, it's given, it's a given. If you're alive, you have it. <laughs> if you walk, it's there. And, oh, that. That's rather nice. And that helps the, to come away from mental preoccupations, including, of course, preoccupations about meditation. So, we can think, how do I get concentrated when I'm walking? Which part should I focus on? How fast should I go? How long should my track be? Uh, no, 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 just stop, 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 stop. Just walk. Just walk. Feel good when you just feel happy when you walk. Let the body do the walking. Your job, heart to feel comfortable and happy. Mind, listen to study the process. Thinking mind, stay tuned, listen. Heart, feel happy, comfortable in the process, body, do the walking. That's the that's the contract. <laughs> and it helps the mind to shed its
preoccupations. The heart to set, shed its restlessness or stressing or pressure to make things work. Comfortable. Mind settles. Settling in, absorbing that. This is samadhi. Samadhi of walking. And the Buddha said, when I'm doing walking, I can sustain jhana when I'm walking. Clearly, sense contact is there, otherwise you're going to fall over. This movement is there, you're not totally frozen still. Your mind is listening intelligent, that's there, it's not hypnotised. But one is absorbed in that process. One's heart is enjoying it. This is the samadhi of walking. Structure is important. And then to enter that structure. Structure is not so tight, not so difficult, not so locked, not so rigid. You don't want to enter it. Entering into it, studying it, listening to it. The dynamic heart energy picks up. Body energy feels settled and soothed. Mind energy softens and relaxes just to open sensitive attention. Samadhi of walking. Uh, and in walking is a great uh, occasion to put aside the arrow of intention and develop the circle of intention. The arrow of intention is poised when we walk. Because it's walking, most of us when we're walking we're going somewhere. There's the arrow, there's the store, there's the car, there's the airport, there's the dining hall, there's the whatever. That long corridor, you walk down here down that long corridor, that long corridor is shaped like the shaft of an arrow, isn't it? You go down the long corridor and it's got an exit somewhere. The end of it, <laughs> with the walls on either side, it's an arrow. <laughs> and it really, it's a practice to walk down that corridor without trying to get to the end of it, <laughs> because everything is aiming to get to the end of the corridor. Walk down the corridor like, like I'm walking on the beach. You see these rooms, rooms kind of slowly move past you as you're walking, fire alarms telling you, to, alarms, alarms, rooms, walk on a beach. <laughs> That's practice. <laughs> Clearly the body's structures within that, you know, you're definitely walking down a corridor, and yet when you let go of the arrow of intention in the mind, There's no, there's no forward, there's nowhere to go when you're walking in meditation. That happens, but you don't have the mind doesn't have to do it. If you walk, you'll definitely get somewhere. But that doesn't have to be a mental concern, because you just set the body up, it's going to get somewhere, so just let it happen. But when you remove the arrow of intention, you remove the pressure of time to get there. 
And when those, that pressure and that arrow are removed from the mind, we stay within the body structure of walking, heart opens. Here we are. Here I am. Here it is. Here it is. It's open. It's circular. Sensations are moving through it. Visual phenomena can be detected. The heart ripples. You see something, oh, it's a ripple moves through. Maybe notice the weather, the shimmer of interest, sunlight, snow. Uh, ripples through and you're in that circle with these in, these energies, these shivers, these resonances moving through it. And of course, inner resonances, your concerns, your um, aspirations, your mental constructions, your hearts, you know, what was there. That is also allowed to move through that circle. And the circle is the most suitable shape for the heart. Because it maintains coherence, it's not broken, it's not scattered, it's not fractured, it's not compressed. It's evenly spread, it's open things can move through it, phenomena can move through it. It's a practice because when phenomena arise, the tendencies of the heart to grip them, or to resist them, or to shiver because of them, or to break because of them, or to scramble because of them. Their practice is to maintain the circle which takes a kind of you know, discipline, training. Subtle training. It's not a box. It is a flexible circle that can expand and it can subside. It can cover the entire retreat centre with a sense of may all beings in here be peace and well. It could expand over your body, it could expand, hold an area of your life within that. People you know, you could bring them into that circle. And you're bearing that circle in mind, what is mindful. You're mindful of chitta. This is the chitta is contracted, this is the chitta is distracted. This is the jitta if it gets taken over by anxiety or irritation, craving, restlessness. It scrambles, it shatters, it contracts, it sinks, it slumps, it breaks. Shape is lost. So the training, subtle training, dissipates to maintain the circle. To sense there is one. For start. <laughs> now you and I probably 
know that or intuit that or can resonate with that. You said that on the street, people think you're crazy. Or you've got something wrong with your heart, cardiac arrest, your heart blowing up like a balloon. You say, no, no, I don't mean that thing. I mean, my, my awareness is like a circle. You know? uh-huh. Well, you've been smoking, you know. <laughs> and we have to come out of that. Because, of course, our, <laughs> our lives are very much led by the mind. And the mind doesn't, does points. It does this point, that point. It does points and lines. This point, that point, this point, that point. Therefore... This is this, this is this, this is that, could be this, therefore, draws the line. It actually creates points, target points. Uh, I want this, I want that, she's there, that's that, therefore, that, that, that links them up, there's it, that's going to happen, there's the trajectory, there's the project. She knows this, he's got that, that needs to be done, therefore, ding, 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 there we go, there's the line. That's the way, that's the, way the mind works. I'm like this, next week it'll be that, there's this much money, that needs to be done, there's a problem here, where's the line? And then we follow that line. The mind does lines. But line doesn't contain anything. A line can't contain, it has to loop before it can contain anything, otherwise it's just a line. Going forward in time, going forward to some notional goal, which of course, as we all know, will never be a goal. It will be one more point on the line, which then extends another point forward. That's life lived by the mind, by the thinking mind, life as a line. Life has a line extending forward until the line breaks. And then you kind of... Uh. <laughs> and it can break in all kinds of places, can't it? Job, partner, health. We're off the end. Where, where are we? You know, Scrambling. So we definitely want to link up. To contain, that means meditate, because meditation means repeat, go around the same process again and again and again till you've formed a container. The line is now connected to itself, it's now become a shape, the shape of a day, the shape of one's routine. We do this a lot in training. Routine, routine, routine. Conventions. Dot points on a line. Shoes go there, sandals go there. Seven o'clock is this, ten o'clock is that. They go this way, they go that way. It's kind of line stuff. Points on a line. It's not always the most buoyant experience. <laughs> But it does create a form because it circles round upon itself. You do the same thing the next day. There's no progress. You know? 
There's no movement forward, really. So, so we have a monastic retreat, then as the bell rings, you will start moving, get to the all sit there, in silence, chant a bit, go in silence, nothing happens, bell rings, the next bit of nothing happens. There's bell rings, people start getting active, doing stuff, bell rings, stop. Nothing happens. Well, what happens is, you know, is yours. Evening sitting, ring the bell. 45 minutes, an hour, ring the bell. Nothing continues to happen. We don't go forward. But through linking up these points, you generate a form. can seem kind of external. It is external. External can seem like trapped, stuck, rigid. It can seem like that. But if there's enough within that to suggest entering, opening, sharing communality, we're in this together, we're chanting within it, we're acting with courtesy within that, there's a spark where the dynamic begins to feel welcome, activate, and then you begin to do the dynamic within that form, that shapes it. So similarly, take something like mindfulness of breathing, now, from the mind's point of view, it's one breath, two breath, three breath, four breath. Inhalation, exhalation, points on a line. You can track that line of breath up and down. Uh, and sometimes what's missed out is the pause, which links the two. If we link the two, or two aspects of it, you get inhalation, pause, exhalation, pause, inhalation, pause. You get more of a circle, a circling breath. A circling, remember it's called breathing, not breath. A breathing has to do this, otherwise you can't breathe. You can't constantly breathe in and then snap. You breathe in, that has to subside, opening to the exhalation and so forth. So you get a circle occurring. And that generates a certain dynamic inspiration release emptying cleaning out ending resting given to filled open resting offering returning pick up the heart tone but structure is important, so it's something like breathing. Again, too, you know, external structure is important. You set up the body, you set up the spine, you relax the shoulders, get the chest to open, encourage it to open. 
begin to rub out any idea one has about breathing or what you should do trust the body the body knows how to do it perfectly well does it while you're asleep does it perfectly well you don't have to do much but you can begin to just study the externals of it okay there's that pressure in the lower belly if you don't get that it seems as if your out breath is restricted and you let it go deeply next to the low point in your belly, low point in your abdomen feel a certain pressure build there a certain point, that pressure begins to release it draws, begins the inhalation, begins expanding the abdomen expands forwards And subsides. The signal of the abdomen doing that creates a certain signal in the diaphragm. The chest expands. The chest expands sideways, forwards, backwards, mostly sideways. chest includes the back so you're bringing your spine to an alignment whereby the shoulders are relaxed enough to keep the muscles in your back not strained if they're strained and tight you don't get that sense of your back being slightly extended as you breathe in you can feel it and the sides of your body it's subtle but just study what breathing actually how it operates externally conventionally people tend to breathe through their, through their heads as you pull the air in through the nose or the mouth it's a kind of gasping actually so you want to keep the face and the nose pretty relaxed, not doing anything. This allows the tissues around the sinuses to relax. If you're pulling your breath in through your nose, it's unlikely that your sinuses and nasal chambers, cavities will be relaxed. If they're not relaxed, they can't absorb the benefits of the energy now we uh, do a quick scan of the head you'll see that uh, the head has these huge chambers within the skull a large chamber uh, encompasses the nose the eyes the sinuses and even connects to the ears the ear tubes connect to the same cavity within the skull this is the cavity through which breath energy can travel we should be aware of the whole head 
as your inhalation, exhalation moves through it, you won't necessarily feel every every element of that, but at least you won't be obstructing it. What will occur is the head relaxes, headaches diminish, psychological pressure eases, the sense of doing breathing subsides. You are then breathed through. You can feel the air, the sensation of air striking the back of the throat. When it strikes that back of the throat where the nost- where the nasal chambers enter the throat, rather like the signal that occurs in the diaphragm, air touching that area back behind your palate signals for the nasal chambers to expand. Their expansion creates a kind of an increased cavity. That increased cavity is what draws the air in. So it's a kind of opening within the head that invites the air and the energy in. As the Buddha himself said, when I practice mindfulness of breathing, my eyes are not strained. My eyes are not strained. It's one of those remarks he just made. What's it going to do with your eyes? Well, if you study a skull, you'll see that the eyes themselves sit within sockets. Those sockets sit within this large chamber. The sinuses, even in the forehead, this, this cavity extends behind the eye sockets. So the eyes are actually resting in this chamber through which the breath moves. So you're breathing through your eyes, bathing your eyes in breath. When you're not doing it, but that's what happens if those cavities are allowed to expand. And what causes them to contract is any degree of pressure. Now when we set up the arrow of intention, When you set up the arrow of intention to head forward, to get somewhere, to make things work, everything contracts. It's a signal for contraction, particularly around the eyes. Right? Because that's the main organ that says forward, isn't it? The eyes. The eyes are, connect, are an aspect of the brain. The optic nerve is an aspect of the brain moving out. So this is the brain pointing forward is your eyes. <laughs> so when you have that arrow of intention in your in your mind, your eyes tighten up. Right? That tightens the, the whole cavities in the head and the breathing becomes more constricted. As that constriction takes over, we get the sense of right. Determine, make this work. Yes, good, get focused. Really focus on what you're doing, get focused. 
sharp focus on what you're doing. This message starts to take over. Then you start to get intense. I need to know how to relax. I'm trying so hard to relax. I'll have a relaxed intention. And you're getting, still getting tired. How do I do relaxing? Well, I determine myself, relax, relax, relax. You're still doing it, you know? Like, relax. But how do I relax? (laughs) Well... And of course, with that, that amount of intention, you can set up some very nice targets which have a truth in them. But maybe you'd arrive there without that. Like if you start walking down the corridor, like you walk on the beach, you'll get to the end of that corridor, absolutely. It's going to happen, because you're walking that way. You don't need to go, I've got to get to the end of the corridor as quickly as possible, walk in a straight line without deviating, without wavering at all, get on there, get to the end of that corridor, promptly the right way. You end up like a nervous wreck. <laughs> but if you just start walking, you know, you, you get there. Is it possible that mindfulness of breathing could be rather like that? Just breathe, trust the process, open to it. Widen the circle. One breath. It's, it's only one breath. It's called your life. It's your life force circling. There's only one of them. It just changes its shape, changes its stream. And if we get the structures right, begin to work on the structures so they support that dynamic, the dynamic begins to flow through in its own qualities, become apparent. Its qualities are suffusing. Suffusing. Subtle vitality suffusing. And yet we're not moving anywhere. It's not an aim. It's a suffusion. It's a receptivity. The heart becomes, moves into deep receptivity. Within a form. The container of the form just keeps it moderated so we don't spin out, get overexcited, start interpreting it, allow through the body. Cooling. As it says in the Sutta, soothing the entire energy system. Pasambayam kaya sankaram. Pasambayam. Making it soothed. Soothing the energy system. Soothing the nervous system. Soothing the body energy. Soothing the body formation. One breathes in, one breathes out. Happiness arises because the heart feels that benefit. Dynamic comes alive. And it lifts you, picks you up. 
it's halted, you know. And all that subtle or semi-conscious tension, which is just to do with holding yourself together under the pressure of this crazy world, just getting through a day fairly decently under the pressure of this crazy manic world, just holding yourself together under the pressures and the strains and the breakages, all that pressure, tension of that, holding yourself together nobly, gallantly, <laughs> as best you can. <sighs> that can release. And you're being held. You're being held. You're being carried. And you drink that in. You're mindful of that. You're grateful for that. Your emotional turbulence settles. Turbulence is settled. Chitta becomes open, free from emo- emotional sankharas. Sankara. This is how the dynamic processes moves towards openness, emptiness, clarity. With that, you know, fairly you know, intimate structure of body and dynamic of body as the body breathes. You know, this must be the thing, this thing we've been born into. This must be the thing we have to enter fully before we leave it. You don't want to just peek through a window at it. You don't want to photograph it from the outside. You know, you've got into this thing. <laughs> you've got to get into it. Find a way into it. And the Buddha is saying, within this is the treasury of enlightenment. Within this, get into it, you know. Encourage. Study the structure. Understand it. Get it balanced. Get it steadied. Explore the dynamics that you hold open to it. This is for one's welfare. And when you get an experience such as that, you begin to understand structure and dynamic in all respects, larger respects. Everything we do, we draw a few lines, make a few guesses, link things up, stay connected, keep it together, settle in, everybody's in this, share it, comfort rises, heart opens, we get lifted by retreat. So let's take some time for direct practice.